Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Drop your shoulders, take a breath. Tune into how you feel, because it's time to stretch. I'm Sinead Moore, and this season is here because of the support of Vitabiotics, my season four sponsor. From Pregnacare to WellKid, WellWoman and WellMan, they have a product range to support us throughout every stretch of life. The waiting game is a stretch. Those last few days and weeks before your first baby arrives is a little like limbo. You've finished work, the baby grows are washed, the bags are packed, the books are read. You still have your old life, kind of. And you're obsessively listening to your body to see if today is the day that baby arrives. That is the stretch that my guest this week, Jess Redden, is in right now. Pharmacist and now author of the Food Pharmacy book, she is expecting her first baby with husband Rob Carney any day now. We talk about waiting preparing for what's ahead, feeling so ready and in love, but also the tough parts, like overactive bladder, pelvic health, and missing her dad for this special milestone. None of us can understand pregnancy until we are in it, and the waiting game at the end is a whole new mental stretch that Jess is in right now. But I promise you, there is so much here that you'll relate to, or remember. Jess, you are so very welcome onto Stretch Marks podcast. This is what day three, day two of maternity leave. Well, definitely week one of maternity week leave. One. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. It's so lovely to chat to you again. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to trying to find things to keep me busy. So this is just such a welcome opportunity to come and talk to you today. Baby is due. Yeah, two weeks to go. Although I'm praying it comes early. Oh, you just right. hear many like you know going over on your first so I'm kind of preempting that but manifesting an early delivery are you at that physical stage of just get the hell out of me it just like if in one way it's flown by like mm. it's gone so quickly but then in others I feel like I've been pregnant forever like I can't remember what my life was like pre-pregnancy so I'm excited to just meet them now and just like experience all of that See, I'm ready. I feel like I'm ready mentally and physically. It is such a strain. I remember week one, okay, of of maturity. Actually, 
the very first day of my maternity leave, I felt so uneasy in the experience because obviously baby wasn't here. And I had, you know, we're so consumed by our careers generally until that moment that we step out and then we're on maternity leave. And I felt a real burden of unease of like, as I described to you earlier, like I felt like I was on the Mitch and I didn't know what to do with myself. And I had nested for a month. So the place was fine. And I just felt like a discomfort. I couldn't just sit down and be like, no, it's time to relax. Like I didn't have permission to give myself that. And I went to my very first mum talks that day that I know your sister is involved in. Yes. Because I just was like, I don't know what to do with myself. And I walked in, it was like, oh, this is this new club, this new kind of mum world that I hadn't been in because I'd been in work world and now I was on mat leave and I didn't know where those two worlds were were colliding. But it's such a strange week. It may, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I feel like mentally I've been trying to prepare for it because I am someone that's go, 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 I'm going to work. And then on my days off, I've those filled with jobs and tasks as well. But then at the same time, like you do need to kind of prepare for just relaxing and doing nothing and your body and your mind need that and um, but I just still found it strange on one day like not going in and of course I miss that routine and I miss my friends and I miss the customers and everything else but then I just have to remember do you know I have a bigger purpose here and I'm gonna be doing the most exciting job of all soon so I'm happy and glad to to have this break now. Health and movement is obviously very close to your heart um, and something that you 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 display like you it's it's part of who you are and part of what keeps you well and what you know both mentally and physically how in pregnancy have you been able to adjust to the Jess of old and the Jess that's now with child so I guess that first trimester like the first Mm. 12 weeks I was exhausted and I'm still the only exercise I did for a solid 12 13 14 weeks was just walking in and out of work it's like a five minute walk but even that would like I'd be exhausted and I'd need to sit down and when I came home I didn't even want to look at my husband just like I'm going to bed cook me food bring me my food (laughs) so I didn't do anything for the first 12 weeks and I didn't find that difficult because I knew I was you know my body was doing something greater and so I was okay to just take 12 weeks off and you know rest and recover but then it was like a switch. And so many people said that. I was like, yeah, right. Rolling my eyes as if, you know, 12 weeks would pass. But thankfully for me, it was like a switch. And I felt like my old self again. So I kind of slowly started reintegrating back my exercise. Um, and I work in like a, a small community class. So they do all your modifications. So I knew I was being safe with it. Um, and always, because I think that's where women you know, get a little caught up with the whole exercise thing. Like I've had people saying, oh, you shouldn't be exercising. Like you're due a baby in two weeks, but it's really good for you. It's great for recovery. It's good for your mental health. Um, Like I I know that. So I don't feel as women, we need to justify that to other women. Anyway, that's that's another conversation, but I've been so grateful that I've been well enough to, to keep moving. Did you have to adjust your mindset about what you, what you were capable of in a day? Yeah, in terms of like movement. Yeah, just, you know, you're like, oh, sometimes I felt and look, I was in no shape <laughs> to begin with. I'm not even going to compare, but I felt I still was hard on myself 
if I could, I used to be able to do this and now I can only do this. And I found it hard to find that self-compassion, especially I suppose in those middle months where I did feel well and I did feel good. Um, but yeah, I would darker voices would creep in to my mind of being like, oh my God, like, where is my fitness going? Yeah, I suppose for me, like pre-pregnancy, I did so much work mentally on, you know, self-sabotage and being hard on yourself. So rather than say I didn't make a workout or I didn't hit a PB, I wouldn't be like discouraging myself. I'd, I'd say, well done for getting up and getting out and getting some form of movement because I think, you know, all those positive affirmations, like they really stand to you. And um, so I wouldn't say I, I, I've felt, you know, negative in any way. Yeah, of course I've had to adjust and I can't, you know, do my running as much anymore or anything like that. But at the same time, I'm more than happy to pull back because, you know, short-term sacrifice for long-term reward. Food, of course, is medicine. You have an exciting project coming soon all about food. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the food pharmacy, it's officially on pre-sale order at the minute. Um, I still can't believe it. It's it's so strange. I feel like when it's, it's actually in the shops and I'm looking at it, it's just going to be like such imposter syndrome. Um, but I really enjoyed doing it. Like I loved it way more than I anticipated. Um, and it was a great opportunity. And I think it will be really helpful for people out there. Um, so I'm so excited for October. And you are using food as medicine. Yes. Yeah. Something I'm so passionate about, mm. like the first area of like nutrition and food and wellness was probably like, related to gut health and um, because it was something you know 10 years ago no one really gave much time or interest towards um but now we're seeing so many um trials and clinical studies looking at the link between gut health and nearly every sort of physical con- condition be it mental health um, your digestion sleep everything so it's linked to everything so that was kind of where I started with it and I was going to do a whole thing on gut health but then you know, not everybody wants to read about a whole book about gut health. So I decided to make it more universal and that anybody can pick it up and there's loads of different kind of health related chapters within it. How have you had to change your food kind of, I want to say habits, but it's kind of instincts, I think sometimes. Like I think for some of us in pregnancy, it's, well, firstly, beige becomes a large part of the first few months. And then, um, yeah, like chilled, as you said, like in, you're like anything cold and, you know, those ice pops and everything in the end. Like we all have these like and I, I wouldn't say I had necessarily any kind of food cravings to the point that I couldn't cope if I didn't have something. I definitely had aversions. I definitely had aversions mm-hmm. like the scent of meat being cooked would just send me into complete distress. Um, so we definitely change, but I think our attitude to food sometimes changes. I was so better to myself in pregnancy when it came to what I ate because I was just like conscious. And it's that whole, like, I'm, I will sacrifice my health because when I'm not pregnant, because it's just me. But if my baby is inside me, I'm like taking my supplements taking my water you know getting my veg if I can if I'm feeling well enough to eat you know good food but it's just I wanted to mind my baby as soon as my baby left my body I'm like I will have seven slices of cake yeah yeah it's it's amazing like that it almost happens instantaneously as well Mm -hmm. 
um, like pre-pregnancy, not that I would have been very strict with my diet, but, you know, I followed the same boring meal plan every single day. Whereas throughout pregnancy, like I know that I need to hit a certain amount of iron and I know, you know, my calcium requirements and all of those things. So I guess I put a lot more planning um, into what I'm eating and just making sure I'm getting enough. The mother of all stretches, the pregnancy stretch, an incredibly unique time in our lives where we appreciate our bodies like never before. So how can we make sure we are giving our bodies what it needs to do this miraculous job of building our baby? How can we make sure we are getting the blend and balance of vitamin D, folic acid and omega-3 DHA right? Throughout both of my pregnancies, I trusted Ireland's number one pregnancy supplement from Vitabiotics, Pregnicare Max, because it's specifically formulated by experts to be the most optimal and comprehensive pregnancy supplement for maximum nutritional support. With 50 years of innovation in nutritional science, Vitabiotics have been pushing boundaries to help our families feel at their best. With products to suit all stages from preconception, pregnancy, postpartum and family life, with Pregnicare, WellKit, well woman and well man, Vitabiotics have created a product to suit every stretch of family life. Vitabiotics want to look after you through their supplement range and by supporting this season of stretch marks. Food supplements must not replace a varied and a balanced diet and a healthy lifestyle and you should always consult your doctor or pharmacist before using. Did you have those beige moments in the beginning oh. when we're feeling unwell you know those super noodles the um mcdonald's ones they're in a blue pack the chicken super noodles one day i had four packets of mcdonald's super noodles like it was just because it was all i could stomach and i was i think it's something to do with the salt content yeah. something that but i just i was craving them for i think i had them every single day after work for like a week which is awful but that's just what my body wanted at that time. But it's also not awful. Like, I think we need to give ourselves permission to just be like, yeah. everything is a phase and it's fine. Your yeah. body is well stocked on nutrients at this point. You know, it's, yeah. it's doing know, a job. Right as well. I think we always focus on, well, I had that one bad meal, but you completely forget about the great smoothies that you had or the fruit and the veg and all of that. Um, like, obviously, as long as you're not constantly eating junk the whole time. But I definitely found like my cravings and my hunger. That's one of the first symptoms I had. I was just starving all of the time and nothing would satisfy me. Um, but again, it's just a sign you're growing another little human. And I found the aversions weird because it's almost like a protective mechanism because I used to drink maybe five coffees a day. And then as soon as I got pregnant, like coffee just turned my stomach, which mm-hmm. is like, I think, I don't know what, the, you're allowed 200 milligrams of caffeine per day. But again, that's like a protective thing. Like, why would I all of a sudden not want coffee? Or I thought alcohol, I was like, oh my God, nine months. But the thought of having, you know, a cocktail or something like that, again, that would turn my stomach now. I'm sure once it's out, I'll be like, yay, <laughs> frozen margaritas. <laughs> but for now, it's just funny how the body works. Oh, coffee was my first sign for sure. And I still remember, and I still joke with a friend of mine, hello, Mairead. Uh, we were standing in a coffee shop um, when we were working together and which we would typically do at about three o'clock. We'd head downstairs to the coffee shop and I was standing there and she could just see my face was uncomfortable being around the scent. And I was like, Mm-mm, I'm fine. And she was like, oh, like <laughs> straight away, because here I was not accepting a cup of coffee in my hand. Yeah. And 
yes, for some, of course, it's on a night out if they don't if they don't have a drink of wine. Uh, for me, it was not accepting coffee. Finding out you're pregnant is a pivotal moment for many women. Like it's it's such a transitional moment because your world just changes and there can be relief there can be joy there can be fear there can be there's no going back from this point Mm. onwards it's a big moment yeah did you feel like how like coming into it you were like I think I am I think I'm not I think I need to I think I'm this like how as much as you choose to share how was that whole thing for you because I'm always fascinated by how women know yeah well I suppose for me like it's something that I've wanted for so long but I've at the same time like I always wanted I was a bit later with my career and everything else because I did one degree and then I went on and did another degree and you know it was really important to me to get my job and be steady and Mm -hmm. in that before you know thinking about children and family but then I guess when we found out we were pregnant it was probably the best moment of my life like but but so much worry because I am like a hypochondriac so as much as I was like oh my gosh this is amazing at the same time all of these voices are saying this isn't happening this isn't going to happen for you you know it was it was was such a strange even now with two weeks to go I'm like is everything okay like my poor doctor is like everything's fine (laughs) because I go in with all of these things and he's like no none of that is going to happen you're going to have it hopefully you know healthy safe brilliant pregnancy and I've been lucky that it has been like that and um, but I was just I was so in shock and I guess I still am kind of in shock and um, I'm just so grateful it's never really real until the baby's in your arms though I know I can't wait for that first moment because I know you have to go through the part of getting it out <laughs> put it on your chest like that's what I'm dreaming of every night and we'll get to the expectations in a moment, but <laughs> did you have, like, what were your initial symptoms? Like, did you think that you knew before the test confirmed it? No, because like we were, you know, every month I'd be trying and is it this month, is it this month? And then you get disappointed and all the rest of it. But I did, I probably had a feeling every month and I was like, oh, it's going to be this, it's going to be this. And then when it finally was um, before Christmas time there, I was just like, oh my gosh, it's actually happening. It's just, it's crazy when you've wanted something for so long and then it, it works out. And were you the person that kind of held the news or were you straight in? Oh gosh, no, I'm the worst. Like my husband's so good at keep like he probably could have kept it up until now. He's great. <laughs> but I need to tell everybody. And so yeah, I wasn't really good at keeping it a secret. Um, but everyone was just so happy as well. Cause I'd be so open about, you know, how much I've wanted kids and, and everything else. Um, so yeah, I guess my first symptoms were like just the fatigue. I find that crazy. The fatigue and the the hunger, they were the main two. And then obviously, as you progress, you get all of these weird different ones along the way. So it's it's a wild ride. (laughs) It's a wild ride. I find boobs are a common theme. People are like, they they just felt like tingly boobs was like a thing. Yeah. Um, I I had a feeling of like, I remember describing it at the time. It was almost like fizzy water, like my blood had turned into fizzy water. Like it felt... Like what was running up and down my veins internally was just like a little bit fizzy, a little bit of electricity. Yeah, it's kind of bubbly. And, you know, you know, when you first take that sip of fizzy water, sparkling water and your face just feels a little bit tingly. It was kind of like that. And I was like, something is up. Something's going on. 
and yeah, boobs, I, I, I hear a lot. Is it like people just feeling like they were just sore and stuff like that? So I just think it's for every woman, it's so different. But I I, I know that feeling of trying to tune into your body and being yeah. like, you know, is that a sign? Is that yeah. a symptom? Is that something? And it can be quite, um, it can be quite distracting. Yeah. You know, when you're really tuning into your body. And then I think it's really not until that first scan that you can just let your body do its thing without yeah. analyzing it every single day. Yeah, that's so true. How did it feel going in for that first scan? Because it can be super anxious but also like a relief moment obviously when things go well I think like the scans are my favorite part of yeah. me <laughs> because like I look forward to them I think I have one 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 more before the baby um but it's like just the highlight of the week because you get that reassurance that everything's going okay looks super healthy everything's fine because I would be someone that kind of veers on worst case scenario or, you know, which isn't good because I do try and have this whole, you know, positive manifestation and visualization and all the rest of it. But deep down with this, it's always from the beginning, I've always just been like, oh, gosh, I, I really hope everything's OK and worried. And um, so until they're here, I feel like that's when I can finally just relax. <laughs> Do you think that's though like the kind of the medical side of you you know sometimes I think when we kind of study too much in that side of the world that we can kind of become aware of the problems yeah I think when you know too much and also people that come into the pharmacy that I meet every day like I'm hearing crazy different scenarios and situations and worst case and even like there in my last week you know a couple of weeks left to go and everyone was telling me their horror stories like the emergency c-sections and the cord wrapped up I was like in what world would you ever tell a pregnant woman this <laughs> so I've had to listen to a lot of that throughout the last couple of months and I guess that's weighed in on me as well mm. um, but I realized that it's my own journey and, and nobody else's it's such a balance between like it's such a balance between protecting your own mental space when it comes to your journey of pregnancy but also when things aren't shared, then there's the kind of the, well, nobody told me that this could happen or nobody told me that this was a thing. And, and it's such a balance between open dialogue of people's experiences so that women can be prepared and can yeah. be, you know, empowered in the moment because they've heard, well, this happened to somebody else. But also sometimes in those last few weeks, it's just like, oh, my God, protect my space, please. Yeah. Protect the sanctity of my mind. Yeah. And even I think as well, a lot, it's great. I lo love hearing the positive stories. But as you said, I suppose it is good to kind of mentally prepare yourself for things not working out. And I guess that's why like, I don't have any sort of birth plan or, or anything like mm. that, because for me, from what I've heard from other people, when you go in with a really rigid plan, like they, babies are going to come whatever way they want to come. Like they, they don't follow any plan like we do. And so that's my personal choice of kind of just going in and letting them do whatever they need to do to, to get them out safely. Which is such a hard thing to relinquish the control of, I find as well. Like we kind of, um, we can live our lives today in a very, planned and controlled and self-empowered method and you're you know even when it comes to the discipline of exercise or nutrition it's like I'm going to have this today and 
there is nothing that makes you have to detach from control like birth. Yeah. It's going to do its own thing. <laughs> but I think like I'm looking forward to it. I've heard all the horror stories and I just want to, you know, experience it for myself. And I think with pregnancy, again, before I got pregnant, I felt like all I heard was all the negative sides to it. Mm. And don't get me wrong, like I'm nauseous, I'm tired. I've got about three hours sleep a night. I'm pretty much incontinent now. But at the same time, like I would do that a million times over just to be in the position that I'm in because you're so lucky and grateful to be literally a house to a child. And so I guess with birth, I'm going to go in with an open mindset as well and not try and let all the negative talk seep in. I had two very positive births. Did you? If that that is a comfort to, I mean, listen, it's still birth. And I think you're, you're on track with your mindset on it. Take each take each minute of birth as you feel it as you you know like experience it in in its own reality because nobody is going to have this birth but you it will be your experience um know know your preferences and have articulated your preferences like there is nobody who's going to advocate for you other than your partner in this like so that's that's just such an important role like the having having passed over that power to somebody else who who knows really deep down what your preferences are and is yeah. able to articulate them in the moment because you you know you will you will detach from reality in certain certain times but definitely for me um there was there was there was a moment definitely on my first where i think if my partner hadn't stepped in and said this needs to happen now <laughs> that <laughs> that it could have gone down a different you know and, and ultimately it was incredibly positive in the end and everything like that but yeah having that person that trusted voice who, yeah. you, who you have articulated like look I don't want this I would prefer this but if this happens then this um is so important and you know it's a busy maternity system yeah. And um, there's a lot of women seeking a lot of care. So having somebody who knows and has your back can be like the greatest asset on the day. Yeah. I know. I just need to ban him from golf trips for the next two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Or longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I am, I'm excited. And because I, I haven't done any of this hypnobirth thing that a lot of women um told me where it was so beneficial so I booked in for an online one this Saturday so I think I'll gain a lot from that I don't know but um from what I've heard about other people's experience they found that helpful yeah it can be so important to be reconnected to your body self yeah in that moment um I found that hard because it's I didn't do hypnobirth I did do hypnobirthing but I'm not I didn't necessarily engage in hypnobirthing in the moment of birth Um, I think it was incredibly important to have done when it comes to understanding what what bodies go through, like what are the steps and stages of birth? Yeah, I've looked at that. All right. Yeah, I love that. I love like, well, why is this happening and why do I feel this? Because there's a reassurance in information because then you're like, oh, no, I'm not. This isn't a problem. It's just this. Yeah. And that can really help calm your mind. I found that that was the most the, the most important thing I think is is having a calm mind. I felt that I could block 
contractions and block mm-hmm. progression because my mind lit- literally wouldn't allow me to feel safe enough yeah to initiate like proper birth okay um and i remember on my second kind of having learned that and in complete contrast to what i had just said about it's so important to have your partner they're advocating for you in the beginning of labor when we were still at home I was like get away from me (laughs) yes so far away from me I want to become entirely by myself he was like upstairs being like sure right I was downstairs in a dark room it was October the fire was on there was a candle lit I was entirely by myself and as soon as he had left it would it would progress it would start initiating and I remember saying it back to the woman that I had done hypnobirthing with yeah Um, because she had she had given us loads of like couples tools of like ways that he could kind of massage or help with pain and things like that and and she was like how did that go I was like yeah no I really didn't want him anywhere near me and that's when it was pointed out that like all other female mammals like they go away by themselves to birth yeah I guess you need to you know, go inward and connect with yourself and your body and your baby and both connect together. Just say, okay, we're ready. We're both ready. Let's let's do this. Whereas when you have distractions, I can imagine like with your partner or whatever else, it's kind of harder to get into that mindset and the breathing and all the rest of it. They'll probably be the same. Yeah. So that's what I mean by take it minute by minute because there might be some minutes where you're just like, be here, don't leave me. Yeah. And then some minutes where you're like, get the hell away from me. <laughs> and take it by so you've your bags packed yes fine ready it, to go me, I'm gonna say about five weeks like they've been sitting in the spare room with like little bits dotted here and there and I, I just glance in I'm like yeah I'll do that someday and then finally I did it this weekend so this is out the sense of it's not even a lot like but I don't know why I was putting it off so much but it does feel good to have them ready to go now are you getting those like fear well not fears are you, every day you're kind of feeling so a little like in the beginning when we're tuning into our bodies to see is this like going to be a positive pregnancy test or not like tuning into your body being like is today gonna happen is there something brewing does it feel lower have I dropped I keep saying that like my husband is sick of me <laughs> every day like I'll text him and be like oh my god I think it's gonna happen today he's like you've said this every day for the last couple of days um I think just I'm just so excited I'm so ready now to just have that moment and um, but at the same time I need to be patient but I do yeah every morning I wake up I'm like okay is this going to be it um just I don't know I think that's really hard because obviously you get a date but it could be anywhere from weeks before to two weeks after so it's a really big window to be kind of you know not knowing if it's going to happen <laughs> It's a huge window. And I remember feeling like I didn't want to be on maternity leave without the baby for long. Yeah. Like I just, I didn't, I wanted to, again, the controller in me plan exact. I wanted exactly enough time to feel rested. Yeah. But not too much to feel bored. Yeah. So I'm the same. That's why. Because I think legally you have to take like two weeks or something before. Because I probably would have worked like right up until because it keeps you busy. Like when I was in work, the weeks just tick, tick, tick. Whereas it's only been a couple of days and I'm like, oh my God, it feels like a century. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully sooner rather than later, but whenever they're ready. Whenever they're ready. Are you doing anything in particular to kind of try and initiate? I, 
all of that. Like, of course, I'm eating my dates and going for my long walks. I am doing all that stuff, even though in the back of my head, I'm like, mm, this probably doesn't work. Um, but I guess I'm just trying to more I'm in my mindset. That's what I'm mm-hmm. working on. But I do think there's, you know, a little bit of mental. Oh, it's huge. No, it's it's yeah. absolutely proven. Yeah. Like your your mind, your mind will it, like it's all hormonal. So your mind will tell your hormones when to go. Yeah. And I remember being told again, like back to like how animals in the wild give birth, but like like an animal will never give birth if like there's a wolf at the cave. Yeah. You know, so, like amazing. you have to feel safe. Yeah. You know, you really have to relinquish and like really go inward and really feel safe for your body to be to do its most vulnerable thing of all time like to bring this child into the world and that's like takes a lot of brain training because we forget obviously there's no wolves at our doors but like little stressors yeah or all even day things to like I have a wedding this weekend so my mind instead yeah. of being like let me have a baby I'm like okay I need to get my hair done get my makeup done get my dress see all the girls go to day two you know so it's so hard to to kind of be in the moment and want to have the baby but then also planning all these other things that are coming up as well and you're already thinking like well it can't be this weekend because we're busy (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) stay in there until Monday stay there till Monday and I remember like on both it wasn't until like everything on my list was ticked Mm. That and I, I was recording a podcast on my second, and that was like my last job that I had to do. And I finished recording it. I closed down my laptop. I like passed out, fell asleep, like really random. I was just like, oh my God, I'm so tired from that. And I just yeah. kind of closed my eyes. And I woke up. Um, and then I had this impulse to have to go for a walk. So I went out for a walk and came home and my waters broke. Wow. So, oh, did it actually break? Because I haven't heard of many people's waters actually breaking. I was like, oh, does that, does that happen? Yeah. Um, now, don't, th- well, some people have like the Hollywood thing. Yeah. But, but like on mine, no, it's more of a like an, it's very attractive, but like an all day wetting, <laughs> like it's an all day release. Yeah, that'll be hard clothes. for me. I have that anyway. So I'm already wearing those maternity pads and like I've lost all control in my bladder. It's awful. Um, and I was trying to, but like, there's such a lack of women's services. I was trying to book in with a health, a women's health physio. Mm. This is like two or three weeks ago. And the next appointment they had was October. I was yeah. like, oh my God, I'm going to have to pee in my pants for the next couple of months. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so, and like, it's, it's brilliant in one way that there's now so much more information being shared about it. And what that's yeah. doing then is bringing more women towards the services, yeah. but there isn't enough people to support the like the list of 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 people that need them yeah you know it's like we need so many more practitioners in this area because like it starts in pregnancy it's impacted again at birth but it takes a lot to kind of go back (laughs) for everything to go back is you know you need that specialist care Big time. Because I think well, for me anyway, I had OAB pre-pregnancy. So I was taking my tablets and everything for that. But obviously getting pregnant, I wasn't taking them anymore. So it's the worst it's ever been. And like it is really debilitating because like, you know, you'd be out in the street and you're yeah. paying your oh, yeah. 
It's like, so I have look, to go and I have to go now. Yeah. Um, so to not be able to get access to care or like, I just, I'm finding that a little bit challenging. Like I hope, you know, I'm using that LV trainer and I'm doing everything I can at home, but I feel like, yeah, I just wish there was more in that space for, for women. Do you feel like it's the pressure of baby or do you feel like it's been compounded because you cannot take the medication you need? Both. Yeah. And it's just been like slowly deteriorating. Like I've always, I'll be in and out of the bathroom about every 15, 20 minutes. Um, and then now it's just like, I'd go without even realizing I'm needing to go, which is really bad. So hopefully I haven't done irreversible damage, but we'll see. Time no, will. I'm sure. You know, but like everything to do with your, your pelvic health and, you know, how str- like, you know, staying as strong as, as you stay, you know, that, that'll all stand to you. But it's so important. I just wish that there was more practitioners and there's some amazing ones out there. Um, you know, there's there's Helen Keeble, who I have spoken to before on the podcast, is such an amazing resource for it. And she's trying to train, you know, other physios to be more aware of women's health specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's amazing physios out there. They kind of just need to learn about that muscle that we have. <laughs> encouraging yeah hopefully the the space grows the after birth process can be as well something that we don't always adjust our mindsets to like we can be super prepared around what cot we're getting and what buggy we're getting and you know having (laughs) having the shopping list done but I always think that one of the most important things to prepare for is our care list for once baby is here are you feeling like without uh, uh, and I mean this in a very positive way because I had a positive postpartum okay as well like in the again in the grand scheme um but I am very aware of people that haven't but I think it's really important for women to kind of adjust their expectations of what postpartum life will be like I think one of the problems is comparison. So that's mm-hmm. something that I well, I know that I'm not going to do. And that takes training as well. Because of course, if you see, you know, Shelly down the road had a baby a week ago and now she's in the gym and she's training for this and the baby's, you know, and then it's, you you get in on yourself and you're like, well, why, why am I getting up and out? Why can I have a shower today? Why does this baby stop, not stop crying? And it's when you start comparing that I think you feel so small and you feel that you can't cope. You know, that's one aspect to it. So I think mentally I'm preparing for that, you know, being, not just being me anymore. I'm, I'm this person's mom and I have to do everything and be everything that I can to to get the you know their safety and their needs met before mine but of course at the same time still meeting my own needs so it's a funny thing I think until I actually experience it I can't talk about it much what I am I guess worried about I wouldn't be worried about that side of it like I'm excited to just chill out and if I don't want any visitors say no you can't come unless you bring food or whatever else but I think I, I'll struggle with not having my dad there like that's something that I'm trying to mentally like even now I'm like ah, I'm wobbly but um I just think it's hard for women with you know your first child to not have a parent there so I think that's probably more what I'm more worried and concerned about as opposed to you know what life is going to look like yeah it's I think it changes our chemistry mm. and it makes us 
have a different perspective of the relationship that we had with our parents. Yeah. One of the greatest things that I have learned is that I don't love my parents the way that they love me. Not, yeah, people say that and I, I can't wait to experience that. Yeah. But that can also bring emotions Yeah, when you have lost a, a parent. You know, because it's it's a it's just a whole new love. Yeah. And then you go, then you see from their perspective what they held for you. Amazing. I think you have a support system around you and such a relationship with your mother but I can completely understand and have compassion for why you would be concerned not concerned but why you anticipate yeah feelings coming up because of that yeah but no you're right like I am open with all of my close friends and my family and my mum's brilliant and, and Rob's fantastic so I think you know in the long term I'll be okay but if I am to trip up I think it will be mm. you know finding that really really difficult mm. I don't know. Maybe I'll just feel really grateful and you never know. But whatever it is that you're feeling, feel it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Feel it. Yeah. It's just such, it's so transformative because I think as women, like we suppress so many Mm. emotions and we suppress so many, I shouldn't feel like this. I have to feel this way. And this is how blah, blah, blah lives her life. So I have to, you know, and we need to just stop doing that and, Stop comparing and focusing on other people and just tune into your own journey and and go with it. And that goes with the whole thing of gratitude, too, though. Like I hear so many times and I receive so many messages from women that are like, I'm having a shit time, but like, I'm grateful. (laughs) (laughs) I had a woman message me the other day and she was having a really difficult issue postpartum, like a a physical issue postpartum. And she was, again, like on a waiting list and couldn't access a kit care for it and she you know it was a well-wanted baby and you know but she's not doing well and and it was like you can be really grateful and in need of care and those two things can be completely separate yeah you're so right like we don't need to wrap it all up with like I'm so grateful my baby is here and I'm in pain so I'm not allowed to say that and that can be physical pain emotional pain mental pain like whatever pain (laughs) you can still love your baby and still be like and this is really fucking hard yeah big time I have to ask because this bump has met a US president (laughs) it has actually yeah (laughs) the only the the uh, the only maybe I don't know maybe, maybe the only Irish baby in utero to have to have met a a current US president how was that moment do you know what he is so normal and so nice like I hadn't thought too much before um I went down with my sister-in-law we were like we were just so excited like two school kids um and then he came into the room and like it was just this small room with just our family and him and his family as well who were lovely 
But he was like chatting away to us, like no bother on him. And then people were calling him. They were like, sir, you have to go out and give this speech. We're already 10 minutes behind. He's like, just leave me alone with my family, okay? Like it was so bizarre. Uh, but he was just a really nice man, really down to earth. I really liked him. It was an amazing experience. I imagine it was an amazing week for Ireland. I think everybody was just so consumed with the visit and everything that was happening. And to see, you know, his interaction, I suppose, and to have, you know, to welcome, you know, you and obviously your your partner's family. And but to to just witness the normality of it, I think, was really endearing. Yeah, well, he does like he's very fond of of Irish people and he's so proud of his Irish roots. Mm. And that really came across like it wasn't some publicity stunt or, or anything else. You could genuinely see the love that he had for Irish people. It was incredible. And such a moment to you were like, well, how will I dress the bump? Oh, I literally ran to Zara that morning and bought like this blue suit. And like, I didn't know how that was going to go down because it's a bit tacky, you know, the blue and what I was going to wear blue and red. And I was like, no, that's too much. Just keep it one color. But anyway. <laughs> Oh, you looked beautiful, as you have throughout pregnancy entirely. Have you enjoyed kind of styling the bump? I've loved it. I didn't know how I would take to pregnancy because I had thought like, oh, my whole life is going to change. I'm not going to be able to be myself or do things that I love or feel nice about myself. But I've never felt so like beautiful or, you know, I feel so good. So I'm, I'm so grateful and happy for that. Um, but I've loved doing my little bump styling and and everything else. Yeah, I feel like I almost I just like who I am when I'm when I'm pregnant. Same. Mm. I had such body confidence when I was pregnant. Yeah, like such body confidence, and I just felt. Yeah, and I I missed bump. I missed bump so much. I said that to my mom this morning. I was like, I'm really gonna miss like all the kicks and, do you know, I I just feel like I'll miss. I'll miss this part of my life. But I'll just have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's it's pregnancy is especially on your first, when it goes well, as in, you know, when when a pregnancy goes without any kind of distress or, you know, concern, when it when it is a I'm not gonna say normal because none of them are normal, but when it is very straightforward. Yeah. Um, it can be just, it's a real moment in time that you, you, you won't get back. Like you'll never have your first pregnancy again. Every pregnancy, if you are fortunate or, or you want to have more is entirely different to your first. It's a really special time. Yeah. I love that. It's so it's, yeah, it's kind of like a little gateway and you're kind of, you're sitting in the gate now, looking at the screen, waiting for the boarding time. <laughs> Who knows? Gosh, any predictions? <laughs> to be announced. No, 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 no. You're, you'll, your body will know. But do, if you like, and I know you will, but just treasured days. Like these are treasured, treasured days before so much joy and love appears. But also that there's kind of, there's, there's no going back either. Yeah, that's it's the finality of like, okay, we bring this little person home and they're here forever. (laughs) So I'd say that's just crazy when you get home and it's the three of you, like it's no longer the two of you anymore. I can't imagine what that feels like. You will soon. And I can't wait to hear the good news. And I wish you 
every every piece of joy and happiness in the next few weeks and I hope it doesn't come before this wedding and (laughs) thank you thank you and every success with the book I mean that's going to keep you busy yes for sure I'll have to do a good bit of promo stuff September October time and so that'll be interesting but it is on pre-sale now it sure is Congratulations. It's such an achievement to have written this book, along with your career, along with everything else that you're doing in life and along with growing a baby. It's a huge achievement. So well done. Thank you. Thanks so much. And thank you for joining me on Stretch Marks to talk about the stretch that is the first time pregnancy. It's it's a big one and it really changes you. Um, There's more, more, more stretching to come, but it's all... It can be all be beautiful. Thanks, Jade. Thank you for listening. We cannot wait to hear Jess's good news when baby arrives any day now. Keep an eye on her Instagram at JessRedden1. And I'd love to hear your feedback and your experiences of this stretch. So get in touch as always on Instagram at StretchMarksPodcast. And I'll talk to you again next week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.